0: faithwire.com a lawmaker has been charged with hate speech for quoting the bible they were clear to their charges but they may not be out of the water yet today is monday april 11 2022 i'm dan andros we'll have that top story and more on today's four and three podcast from cbn's faithwire you can subscribe to us on itunes go ahead go do it now if you're catching us through the through the internet through a through a web article or whatever just go ahead and uh, subscribe now so you don't miss any episodes we go through the news of the day with a christian perspective and joining me as always trey Goins phillips billy hollowell from cbn.com what's going on guys
1: i'm just getting ready for the weekend on this monday
0: (laughs) yeah
2: Right around the corner, it's Easter weekend. Is coming. It is. It so is. it's the beginning it of Holy is. Week.
0: It is. And by, uh, by the way, guys, I, how old am I that I just called something a web article? I just I'm like, what
2: <laughs> web article?
0: <laughs> the, have you guys gone on to this thing called the interwebs?
2: The year is 1998.
0: <laughs> uh, it's Monday. Just cut me some slack. So, uh, <laughs> so what do we have coming up?
1: Uh, well, we we are going to be talking about um, a really disturbing story and you teased it before about these prosecutors who are going to again go after this finnish politician mm-hmm. who is guilty of basically holding biblical views on marriage all
2: right and i'm going to be talking about a first grade teacher in the boston area who is telling kindergartners uh what doctors can and cannot know when a child is born uh, so
0: oh no yeah be ready for that one sounds like a standard kindergarten learning here uh, yes. going on up there in uh, Massachusetts. So, all right. Well, I want to hit a couple headlines here quick um, just to brush over these uh, to let you know what is going on on this Monday before we dive into our top story of the day. Um, but uh, President Zelensky has said that now Russia has amassed tens of thousands of troops for the next offensive. And he has said that um, also that uh, 10,000 people or more have died uh, in Maripol where he has said that city has been obliterated. And so now... The latest in ukraine there is that the whole war is potentially moving east which was kind of seeing less action before and so that could really make things uh continue to just spiral out of control there in ukraine so that's the latest there also fauci anthony fauci said that COVID is here to stay he said quote it's not going to be eradicated it's not going to be eliminated and he said and what's going to happen is that we're gonna see that each individual is going to have to make their calculation on the amount of risk that they want to take, <laughs> and so that that one's going viral, guys. And people are criticizing it, and it's I mean it, Trump. But it's a, yeah, well, I mean he's I mean, first he's saying it's not going away, and everyone's eye rolling like, oh, here we go, we're gonna hear all their recommendations. But then he says individuals are just gonna to have to make calculations. Like that's what we've been saying from the beginning that it let's just let the people decide the risks they want to take. And voila, freedom reigns. But that's not exactly what happened. So we'll see what continues. But that's what Fauci's saying there. And Elon Musk making a lot of a noise today by not joining the Twitter board. After all, this was after he, you know, invested $3 billion to become um, Twitter's largest stakeholder. And so, but some say that, so they were worried, like, wait a minute, why is he not going on the board now that they forced him out? But some are arguing that, He could potentially gain even more control of the company um, by by doing it this way rather than being on the board. So more to come on that Twitter situation. And a lot of people are interested in what happens there. Um, But let's go ahead and just start, Billy, with uh, your story here, this Finnish lawmaker, because I think this is a harbinger of potentially things to come with labeling the Bible hate speech. And so we're seeing this play out overseas. So what's the latest there?
1: Yeah, well, really, the Bible is what's on trial here. And so we'll get into that in a moment here. But her name is Pivey Razanin, and she's a member of parliament. She's also served in other governmental roles. This is somebody we've actually talked to before. and um, We've interviewed her. But basically, Christians around the world were excited and happy and rejoicing when she won her battle late last month. She had it thrown out. And the battle was that she was being accused of essentially of hate speech. And when you get into what it was that was at the core of these accusations, um, it it becomes very, very bizarre. It it all sort of started in 2019 on June 17th of 2019 when she tweeted the text of Romans 1, 24 through 27, uh, which obviously condemns homosexuality as sinful. And at the time, she was frustrated over her denomination, the Evangelical Lutheran Church, um, that they were sort of, you know, participating in a number of events. One of them was an LGBTQ pride event, and so she responded by sharing that scripture. Right? She was concerned about her own. Facet of the church. She wanted to improve things. Um, And so from there, it sort of snowballed. People were angry that this politician dare speak against them um, in the LGBTQ community. And there were a number of other things at the center of this trial that unfolded against her. Again, it was thrown out, Um, but she actually was facing up to two years in jail and she was facing also fines and a bunch of other things. Um, one of the strangest pieces of the puzzle was this 2004 pamphlet that she wrote. It was called Male and Female. He Created Them, Homosexual Relationships, Challenge the Christian Concept of Humanity. And that particular pamphlet, they were actually talking about banning that pamphlet, which she was very concerned about. Um, you know, if that's how her trial went, that they would ban this pamphlet, that you would then have, you know, the actual publication of biblical sentiment being uh, restricted. So anyway, she wins this battle. It's thrown out. It was three judges that unanimously threw this out. And the prosecutors, according to reports, have indicated that they are planning to file an appeal. So after she won this and the whole world is rejoicing that free speech is protected in Finland and that religious you know, freedom is being instilled, she is going to likely find herself back in court on an appeal. Um, so they are not willing to let this go. Um, she described in a, in an interview with Christian Today, she said... That she's in dismay she said quote this case has been hanging over me and my family for almost three years after my full exoneration in court I am dismayed that the prosecutor will not let this campaign against me drop um, but she's not willing to step down or back away uh, she said once again I am prepared to defend freedom of speech and religion not just for me but for everyone I'm grateful for all those who have stood by me during this ordeal and ask for their continued support so she is planning on going all in on this she is not going, Um, to, again, back down. Her previous trial went from January 24th to February 14th. So she just finished going through this, right? I mean, and again, end of March, she got her verdict. So we're going to continue to monitor this and see where it goes. The, The why it matters is obviously clear. We are watching other countries enact and do things that we're just a little bit behind them on. These things could very easily come here. And I will tell you, if people said five years ago that this was going to happen. You know, if there were conservatives saying this, people would be laughing at them. And here we are watching this person for quoting scripture land on trial and now an appeal.
0: Yeah. And, and I, you know, and again, for those of you who say, well, this is happening overseas somewhere and it's not, a, it's not going to happen here. I mean, I would very much caution you because you see the early signs that people are definitely shark bumping that, right? The old, the shark will bump it's right before it attacks to make sure it's safe. And you're seeing that now where um, like Southern poverty law center, for example, will will name places that are um, you know, I don't have their list in front of me, but I think they named like FRC, like a, a hate group. And, you know, and, and so you see very much the anti LGBT is the way they, narr- they frame things. And um, very often that's that, that similar tone is struck with that. Well, this is hate speech. And, I mean, just look at what's happening on social media right now. If you say uh, men can't get pregnant, you will get potentially suspended on Twitter. And these are things that very much go against what we see, as Ken Ham talked to us in our latest episode of Faith Versus Culture, going off the rails from what Genesis says. That's where we're getting all of these ideas about gender and marriage. It's from God, you know, through Moses in Genesis. And, um, you know, to me, it seems very clear that We're not far away from that, from seeing charges Mm. on things, this kind of language.
2: Yeah. And to your point, Billy, we spoke with her in February, mid-February, when all this was first happening. And I just pulled up the the story. And one of her quotes was, if this happens in a democracy in Finland, it can happen Mm. anywhere. Yeah. Um, so she was certainly aware of it then. Um, but something that I remembered when we talked to her is how much of a joyful warrior, so to speak, that she was. Mm. Uh, she said when she went in for, uh, when she was interrogated by police, uh, she said she was actually glad to be there because she could share the gospel with them. Uh, and she had really good conversations with the police officers and and got to explain to them uh, some of the words and the gospels and who Jesus was and, and why her faith is so important to her. And why she uh, doesn't back down on her convictions. Uh, so she's really, I think, been setting. an ex- It seems like the the country obviously wants to make an example out of her, but she has been setting an example of how a Christian uh, can stand by their convictions well, uh, and and be joyful, be loving, be compassionate, but also be firm and bold and unwilling to compromise. Um, so you know, this story has been interesting from the beginning. So it, it, I'm sure. It will have a, you know, it'll be interesting to see what happens here with this latest, uh, this latest development. But to your point, Dan, this definitely, it should be concerning to all believers. Because like she said, like you said, if it can happen there, it certainly can happen here. Mm. No doubt. So, all right. Story number two. So a first grade teacher. Uh, in the Boston area has told kindergartners through second grade kids that doctors are actually just guessing uh, whether newborn babies are male or female. (laughs) So an assistant principal at the charter school... I'm sorry to laugh. uh, It's just so ridiculous. It's it's crazy. Um, But so the assistant principal at the school, it's a charter school, uh, told the teacher to tell young kids during an identity share Zoom call last month Uh, to share their I am statements, and what they like most about themselves. As a result, the teacher then told kindergartners, uh, so something that's really cool and unique about who I am is that I am transgender. (laughs) When babies are born, the doctor looks, and they make a guess on whether the baby is a boy or a girl based on what they look like. (laughs) The teacher, his name is Ray Skier. uh, He went on to say, most of the time that guess is 100% correct. Uh, There are no issues whatsoever. But sometimes the doctor is wrong. The doctor makes an incorrect guess. Uh, When a doctor makes a correct guess, that's when a person is called cisgender. When a doctor's guess is wrong, that's when they are transgender. I, this is, I just have to <laughs> pause for a second to say how insane this is. Like many years, not even that many years ago, uh, we just knew like based on genetics, based on your biology, uh, you know, what your genitalia is. It was pretty known. Like you're, this is not a guess. It is, you are male or female. Yeah. Uh, so, but. You know, it's 2022. Um, So in a now private Facebook post, uh, Skyer pushed back against laws that are protecting kids from LGBT indoctrination. Presumably, he was referring to the Florida Parental Rights and Education Bill, uh, which he opposes. Uh, He wrote, whenever there are bills introduced targeting trans youth, uh, we always hear the argument that these laws are protecting their peers and preventing confusion. I've had many conversations with many young children, uh, I'm a first grade teacher, about what being transgender is. Never once have I met with, have I been met with any fear or confusion. I've even been uh, the recipient of a group hug. Children just get it. It's as simple as that. Uh, look, I, we can laugh at this story because it it, it's, it just is ridiculous uh, all around. But I think the takeaway here that's serious uh, is that parents in particular, but we all need to be paying attention. Pay attention to the media's mischaracterization of this stuff. We've talked about Disney uh, and the way that our, our entertainment world is so geared toward uh, teaching things that are so out of out of line with not just scripture, but out of line with basic science and truth. Uh, so pay attention to that. Pay attention to the ways schools are teaching children, uh, and then reportedly in some areas, even hiding that information from the children's parents uh, and then make sure as Christians that we're equipping ourselves and our families and our kids, if you're a parent, uh, to process these things because they're, it's inevitable that they're going to be faced with it. If they haven't yet, uh, they're going to be faced with this stuff because it's, uh, it's, it's everywhere. It's on social media. It's on the shows they watch, the music they listen to, the classmates that they're uh, sitting with, uh, sometimes, unfortunately, the teachers that they're learning from. Uh, so they're going to be faced with this stuff. And if they're not a with, you know, a foundation, a spiritual foundation, and they don't know the facts uh, here, uh, they will be misled by a secular world uh, that is increasingly opposed to, to what God's word says. And obviously it seems increasingly opposed to what basic science yeah. says.
0: Yeah, I mean, and you again, like you, where do you even start? I mean, these things are so elementary that you just... You don't know, even how, how do you how have a conversation? It. Yeah, how do you respond to somebody that basically says like the doctor was wrong, so the doctor couldn't predict that somebody was going to have what we all know is defined as actually a mental health issue. It is a mental issue of I, my brain doesn't identify with my actual gender. <laughs> and right. so that's a mental issue. So the doctor couldn't predict that? You know, could they so if I say that I'm a you know dragon sexual or something and the doctor couldn't have known that he was gonna turn out to be a dragon sexual? I mean, it's it's utterly absurd. And really the disturbing part to it, I mean, you said we could laugh it off, Trey, and but then there's concern, and then the concern to me too is that that a lot of people in society are embracing this and saying, Yep, this sounds good. Yeah. I mean, For crying out loud, we've got, we talked about this the other day on the podcast that, you know, the U.S. government is now letting you put X as a gender on your passport. I mean, that's just, I mean, again, that's a head scratcher because it's, you know, regardless of what you identify with, that should be a completely separate issue. You should be able to... It should. It's not. It's not like these doctors are making a crazy guess. It's not like they've got a one in fifty <laughs> chance of figuring out what the if it's a boy or a girl. There's pretty clear um, anatomy there that lets them know. And right. anyway, and so it is. It is just sad, and it shows how far culture is off the rails. And as you said, and you know, this is not biblical teaching, not even close to it. And so, how do we engage? I mean, how do we engage with a society? that's becoming detached from basic, obvious truths. It's difficult. It's not easy.
1: Well, maybe we've been too lazy, too. Like, maybe maybe as a church, we've taken this for granted. And and a lot of people are out there doing amazing missions work, but clearly we have not done a good job of pushing back against the cultural tide. The cultural tide is what is winning right now. And I think, you know, Ken Ham was saying this the other day on the show. Like, we have to get back to the basics There's all these problems, and he listed them off, and we're all concerned with solving the problem. You could solve all those individual problems one by one, but it doesn't solve the real problem because they're just symptoms of that bigger issue, which he said is a world that is building a worldview on man's word and not God's. And so that, to me, is, is deeply compelling because, yeah, we know that, but how do we then live that out? Because what is happening here, specifically in this story, you have these teachers... Who and and there are so many. I would say ninety five to ninety nine percent of teachers are wonderful and not doing these things, right? But those who are, we're seeing it and it's out there and they're having a massive impact on children. It's not that you know children are just so open and they get it. They're children. You are in you are in an authority right. position and you're telling them this is what the truth is. Right. But by the way, again, and I'm gonna I'm gonna harp on this because it's important. If you're a Christian, you can't bring that part of yourself into a classroom. Right. If you believe in God, that part of yourself is not welcome. But suddenly, just this one thing, this one issue, the core of humanity and how we were formed and created, that can be brought into the classroom right. and everyone can be manipulated around it. It is, and I, think that, yeah. I think they're afraid. I think they're afraid,
0: Billy, to your point, because why is that allowed in? It shouldn't even hmm. be a discussion at that age, especially. Uh, There's just no reason for it at all. And unless you're into some sort of activism, there's really no basis for doing that at all. But I think it's that fear. And that, to me, is the concerning part that, like you said, this is a loud minority of teachers and people pushing this stuff. But everyone else is so afraid of being canceled or being, you know, becoming a villain, becoming anti-LGBT that they stop being afraid afraid, grow a spine and and to your point too billy i mean that's a great point about the kids being these are highly impressionable kids like i mean kids learn from us right it's not that they're open it's that they don't know any better right They're, they're kids we're supposed to teach them that's what adults do and so you are teaching them something that not everyone agrees with and like you said the the hypocrisy there is on stunning display when you know, if one of those kids said, Hey, I'm a child of God and I love that about me, they would have been like, oh, Johnny, you <laughs> need to keep that to yourself. Keep that at home. But tell me about, you know, your sexual organs. You know, I mean it's, it's bizarre. It's ridiculous. It's, it, yeah. It's ridiculous. Well,
2: yeah. I mean, regarding what you said, Billy, about us maybe as believers not being strong enough or bold enough or not being prepared for this conversation. I think some of it, I I think this is the perfect defense, uh, but I think some of it is Christians were not prepared for a world in which we would just absolutely deny reality. So, you know, it's it's like we were caught flat-footed, like we were not expecting that we were going to have to Define, explain, a woman. <laughs> yeah, that that women. This is what a woman is, and this is what a man is. I think some, on some level, people have just been completely blindsided by it. But we do know, like from scripture, that this will happen. I just pulled up the the passage. I couldn't remember the reference at Isaiah five. It says, "Woe to those who people good and good yeah. evil." Uh, so we know, like from scripture, that this will happen. But I think so few people were were prepared to have this conversation because yeah. we're now at a stage in our culture where we can hold something right in front of you and know beyond a shadow of a doubt what it is. And you will have a secular world that is telling you it's something completely different.
0: Yeah, no, absolutely. It's uh, it is a bizarre time we're living in. And, and you know, again, like you said, Trey, like those those conversations, I think we've got to start taking seriously and not just mock because people are you know, actually embracing this stuff. And, um, yeah, anyway. So, all right, let's, uh, let's head on into a positive note here, uh, after those couple stories there. Um, (laughs) but, uh, we have masters champion Scotty Scheffler, who look, I'll be honest. I know you guys aren't big sports fan. I'm a big sports fan. And you know, it's my birthday this month and Easter's this month. And the masters is, it's one of my it's I just love especially Masters. Mind. But we're, but we're it,
1: talking about golf. You said sports. Oh no, I'm kidding.
0: I'm just don't kidding. let's not that'll be a whole nother podcast. <laughs> we're not it have is absolutely that. a sport. I just <laughs> to it out. you just love uh, to torture me. I do. Um but I mean Augusta National is just it's just beautiful and it makes me mad that I don't live in the south. When I look at it, I'm like, why am I still up in the north when it's still cold here and you guys have this beautiful uh paradise of a golf course down there? Anyway, I love this week and Scotty Scheffler kind of made it boring to be honest with you because he just ran away with it. I mean, he ran away with the Masters, had a huge lead, and then I find out as I'm watching this thing come to a come to a conclusion there on the on the back nine on Sunday, which is usually super exciting at the Masters because anything can happen. Um, it doesn't matter if you're a few shots off the lead because the way the course is designed, anybody can catch up, anybody can get hot and and you can score you can get you can score low. So anyway, all that's going on, and I'm looking at Scotty Scheffler, and I learned, oh, wow, this guy is a, this guy is a uh, pretty outspoken Christian. So that made it a little more exciting. I always like cheering for athletes when they're a little outspoken about their faith. And um, and so he wins, and I'm watching in the press conference waiting for it to happen, and, and Billy has the write-up here. Um, Billy gets extra points this week because he doesn't like sports, and I kind of forced you to write this article on golf, and so you were you – were, uh, you you did it with a with a joyful heart, which I appreciate. I yeah, I yeah. At least that's my story, and I'm sticking to it. <laughs> but, uh, but 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 uh, Scheffler was asked about how he's able to sort of um, continue to compete, but not let golf identify who he is, because he had he had alluded to that a, mo- a few moments earlier. And here's uh, what he had to say. Yeah, I think that all goes back to my faith. You know, the reason why I play golf is because you know I'm trying to glorify God and you know all that He's done in my life. And so for me my identity isn't, isn't a golf score. You know, like Meredith told me this morning, she says, if you win this golf tournament today, um, if you lose this golf tournament by 10 shots, if you never win another golf tournament again, she goes, I'm still going to love you. You're still going to be the same person. Jesus loves you. Um, and nothing changes. And all I'm trying to do is glorify God. And that's why I'm here. And that's why I'm in this position. And so for me, um, it's not, it's not about a golf score. So there you go. Good comments from uh Scheffler there. And I love, I always love that perspective because when you're watching sports and, and he went on to talk about this, Billy, I'm not sure if you saw this part of it, but he was saying how we make such a bigger deal. Like it is a big deal. I mean, the masters is the biggest golf tournament of the year. And he, but he said, but look in the grand scheme of things, it's, it's a golf tournament, right? And so we make these things bigger than they are. And I think all of that was, you know, related to his faith and, and, um, he did talk about too how the nerves on that Sunday morning were so. And if any of you have ever tried to play golf and you get up on the first tee, if anyone's watching you, it's the most nerve wracking experience at all. Like you're just like, oh my gosh, where am I going to hit this thing? And uh, you're terrified because everyone's going to watch you screw up. But uh, so he said he's waiting on Sunday morning. You know, because when you're in the lead, you you start last. So he didn't start until like three o'clock almost. And uh, he said he was just, it was just the worst, just trying to just trying to stay calm and wait for that. And then his wife prayed with him and that helped calm him down. Once she, when she said all of those things there, whether you shoot, you know, lose by 10 or never win a tournament, doesn't matter. None of that changes. And that, that kind of settled him and he went out and was able to play freely. And so, um, I, I just, I give him credit for pointing people to God after this, because I'm sure it's awkward. You know, you just have all these golf fans there. You have no idea what any of them believe. And, you got all the cameras on you and everything. So he's a young guy. He's 25 years old. So good for him getting up there and uh, speaking out about his faith.
1: When I when I was going through it, I was like, wow, you know, this is a guy who is bold. Yeah, that's a bold thing, as you were saying. You get in front of people. You don't know what they think. You don't know what they believe. And he repeatedly brought up God. You know, he did it yeah. at like the nine-minute mark, at the 21-minute mark. It was, it was something that wasn't being forced. It was who he is. And I thought that was nice. It was nice to see. And I think there's a deeper message there. Even if you don't like golf, it's worth reading and even watching because, you know, the, the full conversation that he was having is about your value and your worth, as you yeah, were saying. Yeah. Dan. And I think that we really, it's so easy, no matter what your job or your passion or your hobby is, right, that it can be, it can take over. And when you fail at that, you lose your identity when your identity isn't placed in Christ, totally. right? Or when something goes wrong. So, so I thought that was a really powerful reminder for all of us. Indeed. Indeed.
2: I was talking to somebody at my church yesterday, and she works in the corporate world. And she said uh, that the other day she had a friend who messaged our co- colleague who messaged her on their their app, their Teams app, and said that she um, this woman said, "Oh, I, I remember like several years ago you told me this, and it was something faith related." And she said, "I didn't, I didn't remember." having that I said anything to her like that. Uh, But she said, I'm just so comfortable talking about my faith that I like I talk about God. I don't force it on people. But whenever we're in conversation, usually something about my faith just comes up. I think to your point, Billy, that's what's really cool about hearing this press conference is that he's comfortable just talking about his faith. It's not something that he necessarily planned to do. Uh, It's not that he had a script that he was reading from. It's just as that's it's a good reminder that for us as believers, that should be second nature. We should yeah. just be comfortable talking about our faith, talking about who God is to us and who he is to the world. It should just come out of us all the time. It's like that woman at my church, she said, it just came out of me and I didn't recall that I'd said it, but she spoke truth into somebody's life. And I think the same here with this, it's just, you're, you're using whatever platform you have available to you uh, to speak truth and you shouldn't even think twice about it, Right? it should yeah. just be, uh, that that praise should just be on our lips all the yeah. time.
0: Yeah. Amen to that. Great point. Um, all right. Well, we will we will leave it there. As always, guys, head on over to dot faithware.com for more news from a Christian perspective. Don't forget to subscribe to this podcast. We'd love to have you here every day um, as we go through the news with a Christian perspective. You know, you're, you're just not going to get that on the other networks, even the so-called ones that are allegedly appeal to Christians. A lot, of, <laughs> a lot of shortcomings there as we find out. But uh, we'll see you back here tomorrow. God bless.